0: They are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully N. Jones, and we've got another packed episode for you. A lot of goings on this week, and we're going to start off in the NFL where, you know, for a few weeks, I had a lot of hope, had a lot of uh, optimism for the Patriots season. You know, the Phoenix was rising from the ashes. We signed Cam Newton. Looks like we were going to be the real deal. And then today... Uh, Basically, our entire defense um, opted out. Um, So we got Patrick Chung, a huge part of the defense, great safety. We have Dante Hightower, probably the best player on our team defensively. And then we have Marcus Cannon, one of the offensive linemen, opting out. A lot of holes to fill in this team right now. Uh, My season has gone to shit already again. I went from missing the playoffs in my mind to possibly... Contending for a Super Bowl, maybe not, but possibly. And then now we're back to handing the Bills the division, basically. So I'm pretty devastated today, guys.
1: I th- I think we have to now at least consider the possibility that the coronavirus was a Bill Belichick planned scheme <laughs> in in order to ensure the Patriots got Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. That that possibility yeah. can no longer be eliminated now
0: yeah no I I know Bill spent some time in China so it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely a possibility I mean the odds of us getting Trevor or Justin now definitely go up um I think I, I'm not out to out of saying that this was an inside thing you know him being like you know what guys you're all here for multiple years take the fucking year off opt out it's all good. go do that we'll get us a good quarterback in the draft and we'll go from there.
1: And don't worry but, about the money. There'll be a duffel bag in your in your back porch next weekend, yeah. and that'll be that. You know, exactly. But the thing yeah. is, they're
2: not they're
1: not bottom five bad. No, they're not bottom
2: five bad. I don't know if they're bottom ten bad. Dude, that I, defense. There's is a world. Be, there's going to be. Holes there's a world where they're bottom defense. ten. There's not a world where they're bottom. If Cam Newton is playing and healthy, there's no way they're coming close to bottom five. I see I them mean, right now. I don't now. think there's a world where they're they're five and 11, six and ten. That wouldn't be a bottom five team, in my opinion. It's right on the line. I They're mean, yeah, but you're not to... Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you
1: gotta need. You're gonna need a top pick. No, but it's it's real easy to trade from six to one. It's not that easy, easy? to trade. I don't know if it's easy. Uh, comparative, I'm saying, like it, it, trading eighteen to one is pretty damn difficult. You're trading six to one, five to one. You can talk. You know, it's team. Still
2: probably the second best team in the division. That's fair. So there's two teams right there. Then the Bengals. Then the Jags. That's four right there. I think they're still definitely better than the Giants. That would be five. They're better than either the Lions or the Bears. Probably both, but give me one of those. Well my um, thing if, like, is they're gonna have to
0: put up they're gonna be have to put up twenty-eight points a game to win. I don't
2: think think the defense will be that bad because Bill Belichick's still there. They still have a very good secondary with Chung out. I mean, we're going to see other teams are going to lose pieces as well. We'll see if the Patriots lose more as well. They very well could. I mean, there's a chance this team could even be more decimated by the time the season starts. It probably will be. But other teams are going to lose pieces as well. So, I mean, whatever we think of Bill Belichick defense, it's normally better than it is. So it was a fringe top five defense. Now I think it's going to be – I think it'll be a fringe top 10, top 12 defense. That's fair. I was shocked at how – players were dropping like flies today. Crazy. Every every 20 minutes. Devin Funch is out. So snaggy some Allen Lazard this year. The uh, Bears, Goldman, the uh, lineman, he
1: he opted out. He's very good. Do you think this is – a product of the virus itself, or do you think it's a product of the NFL, the rumors around the NFL's lack of preparedness for this? I think it's three things. I think
2: it's the NFL's lack of preparedness. I think it's uh, training camps going back, I think. And I think it's the Marlins team imploding. Yeah, it
0: is. It is interesting how all of this came out today after the MLB season is kind of going to shit within the first week.
2: And what's weird, we can touch base on that. The thing is, the N- MLB is actually in a good spot right now, even though it sounded like a disaster. But the fact that this is all on one team, right now it's confirmed to one team. It looks like it. It's way better than, you know, five here, six there, three there. The fact they were all on one team gives the NFL, the MLB a fighting chance for right now.
1: Yeah, 15 on one team is way better than five on three teams or three on five teams. Yeah. yeah,
2: now you're talking about canceling. Now you're talking about daily testing for multiple teams. You're talking about tracing back and the fact that it happened on early on because we don't have to trace back and say, oh, who did you play? It was the first series, so you only have to trace back to that series. You don't have to go back to, uh, well, who did we play six days ago? Uh, we played that team. Who did that team play after that? Then it's a whole ripple yeah,
1: effect. It's a whole spider web.
2: Yeah, then you're you know, then you're you're having 10, 12, 13 teams affected rather than right now it only looks like 3 or f-
1: 1 but potentially a few. It also helps that it's by far the least popular franchise in the league. It, yeah, it, correct. You know, they cuz fan if you're talking about the Dodgers, Phillies, Yankees, Cubs, like you know, the the real the Cardinals, the the teams that really are the backbone of of Major League Baseball, that You're talking about fans that are up in – like if it was Boston, then you got Yankees fans that are going to be upset. You got Rays fans that are going to be upset. You got Dodgers, Astros fans that are going to be talking about it. It's Miami. No one gives a shit. Everyone's kind of just like, yeah, well, I mean basically a Triple A team anyway, so it doesn't even matter if they play or not. Just give everyone 10 wins against them, you know? Well, I mean that's basically going to be the Red Sox this year too. I mean I don't know if Sox are bad. Red yeah, Sox but are it, fucking bad. the Red Sox got a, they got a loyal and large fan base that is still invested to a degree. There hasn't been an invested Marlins fan since 06. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, since D-Train was on the mound. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it certainly helps. I mean, obviously, there's people in Miami that care deeply about the Marlins, you know, six or seven of them. But... It's, it, if it was any other team besides them, it would be a real problem. But yeah. it's also so, yeah,
2: like the Red Sox have a, you know, they have got the base. They're worth a lot more. They're in, uh, you know, they're in in Boston. There's a bunch of, you know, they have a bunch of factors, regardless of. They're, I think they're if they were both healthy, I think there's a world where the Marlins could win more games. I've never seen a worse pitching staff than the Sox have this year. I, I don't know if heard, I mean. Uh, the yeah Orioles there's no one I year, don't... Orioles last year definitely and Orioles last two years I think the Orioles ERA last year started with like five seven their ace was like Dylan Bundy I mean the same thing native
1: Aldi like <laughs> Dylan Bundy
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of it it's definitely fucking depressing when last year. You know, you had a decent rotation. You had Chris Salia, David Price. You had Ivaldi, You had uh, Erod. I mean, you ha- you had – N Porcello. So you had some good pitchers. And now this year, it's like I- – I I it's unbearable. It's going to be terrible. I mean, we don't have a single guy besides – I mean, Ivaldi's good when he wants to be. But that's rare these days, it seems. Yeah. And, I mean, we're locked into him for the next few years. So it's – this it's going to be a depressing. Thing. I don't think the Red Sox will win twenty games. To be honest with you,
2: yeah, uh, yeah I think they'd be around that fringe. Uh, we're,
0: we're we're one in four so far right now, and we're getting the shit kicked out of us. I mean that Mets one game. And three, you know, one in three, one in
2: three,
0: no, uh, one in three. It'll be one in four after right. tonight. The Mets were up but... seven
2: nothing last, and the Mets couldn't. Mets couldn't hit shit. I mean the Mets offense. I don't think is bad. I think it's very talented. We couldn't hit shit all. Year. We had one home run last year. We were last night. We were popping them out of the yard. Yeah, last night I literally watched for like 30 minutes and was
0: like, oh, all right, I've had enough of
2: this. And I'm we had like, another one. Even... Did you see the JD, J.D. Davis home run was so clearly fair? Yeah, when, that was that I, was bullshit. Look, I saw it, that It after. looked like you couldn't tell. Real time you couldn't tell replay. But then when you look at the replay, it was fair by like six feet, like five feet. Yeah. I, I can't believe that it wasn't challenged or that like, like it wasn't even like – because they could look at it on their own, right? Home runs? Yes. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they could because there's a picture. There's a pause picture of it, and it's literally – it's actually on the the Mets account. And and I'm like, what is he complaining about this time? And then I look, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, this ball is so clearly fair. And, I mean, I think that would have been a two-run shot or something. I mean, where is it? Let me see. Yeah.
0: It was. It's bad. Yeah, definitely. uh, Definitely was a home run. I saw that.
1: They're not doing. They're not doing team challenges this year. Like, don't. Don't. Uh, I guess. I guess our new manager just. So. Can you never challenge a home run? Of course, you can challenge a home run, right?
2: Yeah. No. They. I mean, it was just. You know how Fenway is with the jutting. You know, with the jutting. Uh, yeah, you know, third base side. You, it's really hard to to see in all the green, and it's so high up. It is really hard to see, but if you look on the New York Met uh, news account, it's one of like it was like nineteen hours ago. You can see it's like, probably it's so clearly, it's near the AAA sign, in in, in Fenway. Uh, like, right. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was fun for me because we the night before we were spanked fourteen to one by the. uh the Braves. Are we can we call them the Braves still? Or is that is that is that not okay? B words. They are they are
0: not the Atlanta baseball team yet, so They're I Atlanta think we baseball. can. I think we can. And um, then
2: Atlanta got smoked yesterday by the Rays. This year it seems like it's just so inconsistent.
0: Oh yeah, I think it's gonna be a very inconsistent year for everybody. I, do. I, don't, I don't
2: I don't think a lot of teams are gonna have like I wouldn't be surprised if no one gets forty wins. I don't really I think the Yankees might sniff it, but probably not. I think there's going to be a. I mean, especially with the COVID, you got to think about with the COVID. Like, there's going to be aces going down. There's going to be. There's going to be so much. The team you have is not the team you have for the whole year. Like, player could miss a week, easy, 14 days, a star,
1: any any day. You you think we'll see. Because of COVID, you think we'll see the end, like the last two, three weeks of the season, you think we'll see uh, like a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers, let's say they've they've clinched the division. You think we'll see them sit, like put Garrett Cole or, or Walker Bueller in quarantine for the last two weeks and say, hey, we need you for start one of the postseason. You're not going anywhere. I smart. could see
0: that. I it mean, especially if they're going to be in a place where they can to.
1: I don't know. I'm not saying like necessarily put him in in quarantine, like put, so him, put in, him, you know, him in, put on the lock him in, in a hotel room. But I'm saying say to Garrett Cole, hey, you know, take two weeks, go spend with your you beautiful wife and your newborn baby, you go enjoy a nice two week vacation. We'll see you in October. You know. I mean, they can definitely not start him, right? Like, there's no, yeah. there's nothing yeah, that yeah, says I mean, they have always, to start him. MLB's not like you. you could always say, you know, back tightness or you know. Mm -hmm. any you could say a million things no one gives a shit you know because it's 162 games like uh, straight up rest is is normal you know i mean even a even a perfectly healthy player these days is probably only playing 155 or so you know the most stars are sitting out one one to five games a year you know even if it's not really an injury um right so I, I think we could see some element of that, you know, the old week 17 treatment in the NFL when you already got the playoff. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely think that's a possibility. The,
0: um, but, oh, back to football real quick. Cause we got to talk about this. Oh, Jamal Adams, Sully. So your man's gone. You're happy about it. You got a lot out of it. And now this guy, after getting this deal, Says he wants to play on his original deal for the Seahawks. What what's going on with this clown?
2: I mean, do you do you, do you know the word I would describe Jamal Adams as? He's. He, I
0: think he, you should he, say it
2: so he can clear he, the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a complete fraud. He's a fraud. Okay, okay. He is like a complete. He is the <laughs> definition of the word fraud. No, 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 no. He is. I mean, I mean, all you are crying about getting a new year, new deal, even though you have two years left no leverage whatsoever no leverage i mean you're going to play you're going to make whatever you're going to make regardless that is your contract you can't just rework your deal with 2 years to go and and be complaining about it then you get traded to a title contender oh and now suddenly you you know, suddenly you, you're you're okay with playing this for the same amount of money he, uh, it's coming out at the trade deadline this past year he was texting cowboy players and saying Get me on the Cowboys. Get J- Jerry on the phone. We obviously know Jerry would love Jamal, but Jerry's got his own financial issues. I knew K- Cowboys were never going to get him for that reason because they have their own issues with Dak. If they traded for, if they traded for Jamal Adams, Dak probably would have sat out and said, you know, you can go scratch, dude. That's besides the point. But I mean, think about that. Think about your teammate literally going behind your teammates' back, your whole franchise's back, and texting, "I want to be on your team." And this is before this was all public. This was really not a public thing at the time. There were some rumors. There were some... You
1: yeah, know, it's been I, happening
2: for weeks. What? It's been happening for weeks. Yeah, no, but I'm saying at the trade deadline, there wasn't much oh, of... Yeah, 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 yeah. There was okay. a one little rumor about Jamal Adams wanting to be out, but not that he was texting Cowboy players, and not to this degree. So that pissed off the Mets, I mean, excuse me, the Jets that it pissed off the front office, and um, Joe Douglas got a... Got a a king's ransom, um, two first rounders, a third. We gave him a fourth, and we get uh we get Bradley McDougal, McDougal, um, who's a very nice safety. I believe he had three picks this last year. Let me uh, confirm. He's yeah, he's had three. I believe he had two. No, one sorry, game. two picks, two picks last year, three picks the year before, um, and. Yeah, so he's had 10 picks in his career. Um, he's a solid starter, very solid, makes good plays on the ball. Um, six passes defended last year, nine, one, nine, ten one year. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he's not Jamal Adams. But, I mean, Jamal Adams has two picks in his career uh, in three years, and this guy had two picks last year. So we're getting a good player. We drafted Ashton Davis who could be a stud and was to steal our third-round pick from Cal. We have Marcus May. So right now we have three solid safeties if Ashton Davis pans out. So safety went from a position of strength to a position where we're at least decent. We can get by. And Joe Douglas has a great history of drafting very well in the first round with, with the Ravens and the Eagles, especially with the Eagles. He's very good at it. On the other side, if you're Seattle, still not a bad deal. You get Jamal Adams. But Seattle has whiffed so many times in the first round in the last three, four drafts. Name a first round pick in the last few years the Seattle's hit on. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round when they already had Chris Carson.
1: Remember, Remember Aaron, Aaron Curry? That's a name no, drop for you. No, exactly. I don't <laughs> Wake no, Forest don't. linebacker he was supposed to I be. I do, I do, I now I do, but team. they drafted him. Yeah, they drafted him fourth overall, I believe, fourth or fifth overall. I don't their think their hits are the late conference.
2: round. Their hits are like Russell Wilson late or, you know, Chris Carson. Those are the guys they first round, they just don't get players that contribute. So for them, you're saying, all right, we're punting on the next. We're punting anyway <laughs> on these picks. Might as well get a proven commodity. We're losing a third rounder. That does hurt. Getting a fourth round back, you know, probably not a huge difference, actually, with a Seattle third rounder for a jet fourth. It's probably only going to be 15 picks or so. So, you look at it from that angle, it's not that bad. And you do give up a good player, a good safety in McDougal. So, it does make sense for both teams. It very well could be a win-win for both teams. Um, but if you're a Jet fan, you got to be thrilled. Um, I think we all like doubled. I was on the golf course. I was like, we got I heard third. I'm like, there's no way we got a third rounder only for him. But, but it was two firsts and a third, I was ecstatic. I was expecting a first and a fourth.
1: First and a third, I would have been thrilled. Two firsts. Yeah, I mean, think about it. In a, you know, a league so dedicated on passing, you could argue safety is the least valuable position on a defense. And you got more than the Giants got for Odell. You got more than the Vikings got for Stefan Diggs. Way you more. Got, you got way more than the Vi or the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre
2: Hopkins. So I still don't understand that. You're yet. talking about you really
1: You're talking about three top ten receivers in the game, arguably with Diggs, but. Three, two for sure. That you blew out of the water. And in today's NFL, you you can't argue that a, a safety is more important than a wide receiver. Like the best safety is not more important than the best wide receiver. You know, that's just not how it works today. And to to uh, to me, though the win. I think you have to double the Jets' win on just avoiding giving Adams that contract and not sending the message that that behavior isn't tolerated. Jamal Adams now joins a club with uh, a club that was formerly won with Julio Jones as being the only people in the world who want to negotiate a contract ye- multiple years before it's up. yeah which is just not an acceptable behavior at all because it doesn't go the other way. It doesn't if you have a down yeah. year it doesn't go that way. I'll negotiate a contract every single year with a player if you want to do it purely incentive based. you got 12, 12 touchdowns and 1500 yards yeah, I'll give you 20 million. If you give me 800 yards and four touchdowns, I'll give you 8 million. If you want to ride a less, new contract less, every give you year, $3 million. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You want a you want a new contract whenever you whenever you have a good year. I'll I'll do that all day, but you got to be open to the other side. And yeah, or if you, you don't know, play of course, eight, you miss. All right. Oh, yeah, looks like you made 1 million. Of course a, a player is never going to do that. Um so I thought it was I thought it was a good way to send a message throughout the league that I thought it showed stability with with within the organization, in the front office, to a, an organization that clearly hasn't had that for a while. At least some continuity, if not stability. Uh, I thought that was a strong move for both the image of the Jets and 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 you know actually on the field stuff.
2: And so Le'Veon Bell went after him. I loved it. Le'Veon Bell ripped
1: him apart. Yeah, and you probably got. Although you know, while while I agree. At face value with Le'Veon, he he cannot talk. He did the exact same thing in Pittsburgh. Not two years, not negotiating a contract two years before, but he straight up he lied to the faces of his teammates. He told them they he wanted to stay. He he lied about the contract he was offered. Le'Veon did ninety nine percent of the stuff that Jamal did that he's upset about in Pittsburgh.
2: He 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 did the one year doesn't make a difference that but also, Jamal recruited Le'Veon there. Jamal was the main reason Le'Veon was there.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's... A, that's. And, and
2: and other than that, since the moment Le'Veon Bell is, is gone, has become a member of the Jets, he's been a class act, a model citizen, and literally been the biggest t- biggest team player one could be with the worst O-line, struggling quarterback, uh, you know, third-string quarterbacks. He didn't complain... He didn't do anything. I have a lot of respect for Le'Veon. I get his past is definitely hypocritical, but from what he's done with the Jets, he's definitely turned over a new leaf, and he's been all about the Jets winning football games. And he's obviously pissed because this doesn't make us... he For Le'Veon, he knows his days on the Jets are numbered now because either he's not going to be a part of the Jets winning or they'll be he'll be too old or they'll be traded away. And I think he did want to win on the Jets. Um Probably, after the season, we'll probably trade Le'Veon, maybe. If he's having a sick year, maybe at the trade deadline. Um, probably would be a good move, probably for both, honestly. Um, I can't see Le'Veon requesting a trade, but if a team like, let's say, you know, David Johnson, obviously he's going to go down. It's just a moment just of say a
1: Texans. you know, If the Texans
2: <laughs> go down, uh, Levion Bell is better than David Johnson in every aspect of the game and healthier. Imagine the deal you
0: could get from uh, Bill O'Brien after
1: the way he's been trading.
2: Yeah, it's true. You could probably get
0: probably get like three first round picks
2: for him. Honestly, yeah.
1: So, I mean, if you give him Darnold, he probably he might send back to Sean. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I liked Le'Veon sticking up for his team, though. I did. I did. You know, and and this this new McDougal, this new safety we got on on the FaceTime with Javon Clowney, and Javon Clowney said, "Tell the Jets to come get me." I mean, it doesn't mean that much, but. Um, he's recruiting him to come to the Jets. Uh, obviously, ex-teammates of the Seahawks. And, you know, Jadavon's down to go to the Jets. Obviously. Yeah, I, love,
1: I love how all of his, like, off-season demands have just gone out the window. He went into the <laughs> off-season. I want $20 million, I want it from a Super Bowl contender. I want it to be four, five, six years. Now we're talking about going to the Jets. For 15, 16 million and one, one year, whoever whoever will throw a fucking pen at him and a piece of paper for him to sign. Yeah. Give
2: give me Jadavon Clowney, one year, 16 million from the Jets. It's a, that's a deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if any, I think every team, I'd love
2: the Giants to do that too. The Dolphins offered him, I think, 16 or 17. I think the, the Browns offered him 15, 16. He probably didn't want to play in Cleveland because it's Cleveland. And for the Dolphins, the Dolphins kind of suck.
1: I mean, although Miami would be cool. Yeah, at but... least you're living in Miami. Like, I would play for a winless Dolphins team before I'd play for a six and ten Browns team, because yeah, at least yes. I'm in Miami.
2: Yes. Although I don't think the Browns would be six and ten. I think the Browns would be good this year,
1: but. No, it's fair, but. Yeah. You know. But they could always be six and ten. Of course, yes. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where he's going to end up. He's going to be a. He's. I mean, what? Are we three, four weeks out of like. You know what would be the preseason? Yeah, and I mean, I mean the Patriots. The
2: Patriots. Um, the Patriots had their whole team opt out, so they're saving money. They have twenty-two million cap space. He could be an optional one-year deal. They had Patrick Chung. They had Dick Vital. Not Dick. What is that his name? No, not Dick, Dick Vital. <laughs> what am I? I just. I just Dick Vital. What's his name? Frank Vitali, right? <laughs> yep, Marcus yeah. Cannon I just and uh, Tower. Yes, uh, Cannon High Dickie B
1: really Hightower. expanded on his on his coverage.
2: Dick by town, he turned into Dick by town. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: that's quite the compliment. But yeah, so they they're losing three starters. Um, they, yeah, they're saving money, but it hurts their defense big time. I think they're a fringe top ten defense now. Cam Newton better start for them. Cam Newton doesn't start for them. Then they could be tank for two. It could be in I guess. But I think Cam still will start. I think their defense will be respectable because of Bill. I think right now I'm looking at them as, I said eight and eight before. I'm thinking seven and nine, eight and eight.
0: Yeah, I'm That's thinking fair. between six and ten and eight and eight.
2: Depends, though. Cam Newton is healthy. Gives me 14 plus games. I'll be eight and eight. You could sway me to nine and seven. Even if Cam Newton's playing well and healthy, with Jared Stidham, uh, I could be talked into five and eleven at the lowest probably. I just think it's like
0: I I don't want to be nine and seven. I want to be either bad You'll make the playoffs
2: with nine and seven though. You'll make the playoffs with the Right, experience. but I
0: don't want that because you're not gonna get anywhere. You're not gonna beat the Ravens, you're not gonna beat the Chiefs, you're not gonna beat the Bills in the playoffs. Like, you're not with this team that's not gonna happen.
1: You're the You don't want the middle.
0: You're not, I don't want I don't wanna be a wild card team and out in the first round. I don't wanna be in the playoffs this year because without that defense we're so not gonna get anywhere. Yeah, because at least then we have a chance to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and then we're setting up for the future because, I mean, let's be real, Cam's not going to be a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, where Trevor Lawrence could be our franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. So, I mean, obviously that's the that's the, uh, that's the the desired outcome here is getting someone who's going to be there for that long and just keep this franchise going because Bill could coach for 10, 15 more years. We've seen coaches coach that late before, and he seems to be in good health. He hasn't declined in his ability as a coach at all. What,
1: what, how old? He's almost 70, right? I thought he was like 68, 69.
0: Yeah, but I mean it's not out of the question that he coaches till he's in his 80s. 80? Oh, I gosh. can see this guy's the most competitive guy I've ever seen. I mean, he. it's not like – I mean, obviously it's a demanding job, but physically is it that demanding of a job? I mean
1: – you gotta be. Do you? How many eighty-year-olds you know that are standing up for four hours in a row? Yeah, that's that's true. Literally, that's just true. just standing, not doing any activity, <laughs> just standing up. That's I can't, true. I have trouble standing. Bro, I have up a bad four. back.
2: I I'm fucking like I'm like in pain right now. I'm with the fucking kids. I can't. I can barely do it. I'm like I can't do it. I I can't imagine what I'll feel like when I'm eighty. Just shoot me now. <laughs>
0: All right, that might have been optimistic, Tom
1: talking. No,
2: that's, but... <laughs> I mean, there's a world where Bill gives you four or five more years.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. it seems really like you... his. It seems like his mode now is let me attack this for the next two to three years and get the organization in a place where I can hand the keys over to someone, probably that, Josh McDaniels.
2: Hopefully, Josh. That, and. I mean, before all these opt outs, I mean. Let's let's see what what I can do. Let's see if I can get one or compete, you know, in the playoffs and do something special without Brady and hopefully, you know. I can't imagine he's rooting. You know, if Brady Brady wins a Super Bowl with Tampa, whether it's right or wrong, it's going to make the Brady over Belichick people, it's going to give them a notch on their belt. Not that, I mean, I don't know how you can
1: argue it, but it'll be a very good
2: optic for the Brady over Bill
1: people. You got to oh, remember, definitely. Belichick won a couple Super Bowls with Brady early on when he was not anything special. Of course, Brady, I
2: completely—you know—he wasn't a
1: it. monster until his sixth or seventh year in the league. People forget yeah, that. Yeah, Goff's
2: first few years was better than Brady was his first few years.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: in, well, in, in Goff's good years, in those two years, he, so Brady shined when the lights were brightest. But he did overall his his sixteen game numbers were not impressive he in the least.
2: to the choir there. No, that, that defense, those
1: not,
0: defenses in the early 2000s was outstanding. Defenses
1: were top three. Incredible. I
0: mean, you had Rodney Harrison, Teddy Bruschi. You had some all-timers on the, those Brady's teams. Never,
1: Brady's never won a Super Bowl with a defense that ranked outside the top six. And th- I think two, possibly three of them were ranked number one.
2: Yeah. I went yeah, through the um, top, top defenses, I think. Uh, I forgot how many years he had a top 10 defense, but pretty much, I think it was 75 or 85% of his seasons, he's had a top 10 defense. Yeah. Like, even, like, some, because the Patriot fan was like, oh, we haven't had good defenses. I'm like, bullshit, dude. I'm like, even when you don't think you've had a good defense, you've had a good defense.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any top 20 quarterback in NFL history has had better defenses than Brady when you consider the entire career.
2: Uh maybe Bradshaw. I wouldn't consider Bradshaw a top twenty quarterback though, but probably yeah,
1: Exactly most probably. Um, I mean Aaron Rodgers has had a top five defense one time in his career, he won a Super Bowl. Drew Brees won a Super Bowl, his defense was ranked twenty fifth or twenty sixth, I believe. Something somewhere in the twenties. Um Peyton, the Colts defense wasn't that great, the Broncos defense. Yeah, they had like
2: three fantastic. or four years
1: with um I mean they had
2: good pass rushers. A good pass rushers. They had uh, Mathis and uh, Freeney, but other and then they had, um, you know, guys like Antoine, Antoine Bethea, and you know they didn't really have. Out they never of even had that great a running game. He always had. Who was that? Joseph Adai? Yeah.
1: yeah. Out of yeah. out of uh, out of Brady, Manning, Rodgers, and Breeze. Tom Brady has had by far the lowest score to beat. His his teams on average have surrendered the least amount of points in both the playoffs and in the regular season of those four, you know, all-time great QBs.
0: Yeah, it was very rare that you saw Brady winning a shootout in the playoffs because it just didn't really happen. I mean, obviously, you have, like, the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. You had the uh, comeback in the Super Bowl. but And that defense won us that game.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, not even... The offense me, went like, and, and scored
0: 31 unanswered points, but...
1: And we're not saying he hasn't had any offensive explosions. He just hasn't won those games. I mean, the, the Philly Super Bowl, oh, yeah, just, uh, out of this world. He's 500 yeah, yards. The Philly, the Philly Super Bowl is one of those because,
2: you know, to counter, the Philly Super Bowl, you know, he should win 99. You should win 99% of games where Tom Brady plays that well or you put up that many points. I mean, the defense completely let him down. Yeah. Completely let and, them down against Nick Foles. I mean, Belichick, that was, that was kind of like a – there's not many blemishes on
1: his resume, but that's a blemish. Especially because you sat Malcolm Butler for that game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, was was it wasn't only a quarter that. or a half. No, no he didn't, he didn't play a snap.
0: He didn't, he didn't, yeah, he didn't play a single snap. Oh,
1: wow. And we still don't know to this day what happened, right?
0: Nope. No just,
1: idea. I, just, I, know, I don't know if Butler knows by now, but I know in interviews after, he, he – like months and – Maybe even over a year after he was saying he had not been given an an explanation by oh, Belichick. Oh yeah,
2: there was there was a yeah,
1: I remember. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if that. I mean, and then that, he went to
2: the Titans, had one decent year, and then he's been.
1: Is he even in the league? Yeah, he's still in Tennessee, but he's he's nowhere near what he was. He's irrelevant. So it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I wonder. You know, I'm sure that there's definitely there's obviously the possibility that that's been smoothed over or at least explained to him that we don't know about, but yeah, you, you gotta be wondering if you're him, like, you're not even going to give me an explanation. You cut me, take me off the field five minutes before the Super Bowl. And that's right. And then you get torched in the air all night.
0: Yeah, that was, that was frustrating and crazy. Um, so a little, a little frustration too, right now for, uh, Astros fans, but it's so well-deserved Verlander possibly done for the season. He says, that's not true. It's just a forearm strain. But, I mean, this is a big hit for the Astros. Their pitching has taken a big hit, losing Morton, losing Cole, and now they don't have Verlander. I mean, this could be this could be great for the rest of the baseball fans to watch the Astros suck without a starting rotation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, God saw that Justin Verlander wasn't going to hit this year in any parks with the, you know, the DH being coming into the National League, and he said, you know what, if he's not going to be able to catch a high fast one, I'm going to have to get him some other way. And this was the other way, yeah. you know, that's, that's what he got. I mean, there's net, there's never been a more, the bigger form of poetic justice for a guy that has could not shut his mouth and has been a complete hypocrite throughout the entire cheating scandal. There's no, he wasn't even part of the, he wasn't even a hitter that was doing the cheating. And he's still one of the most hated people coming out of that scandal just because of how hypocritical he was. He was such a loudmouth about it, wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. And his team was cheating more than anyone in, in baseball. Unprecedented cheating. So to me – and we're talking – he says it's a forearm strain now. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Talk to me when you come back because we're talking about, okay, yeah, maybe he has a forearm strain. He's out you know, two to four weeks or whatever and misses – three or four starts, whatever. The flip side is that turns into Tommy John surgery. He's out for two seasons. He's out this year and next year. You're Probably, not... Yeah. So now you're looking at him when he's 39. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not counting on a 38 year old pitcher to come off of Tommy John surgery ahead of schedule. Then for a healthy young guy, it's 12 months. So we're already in August of 2021 or it, and every day you don't have the he surgery, would probably return back.
2: for the playoff. He, if they made the playoffs, he would probably be able to return. You'd probably be looking at 14 15 months. He probably would be able to.
1: Yeah, right? I mean maybe, but are
2: they yeah, going to be? You don't know playoffs?
1: what you don't know what you're going to get out of like, them
2: at that point. You don't know. Are they, a,
1: are they a playoff team without with that rotation and him? And, you know, I know they have a, still have a talented lineup, although you know they've struggled this year since they don't know where the pitches are.
2: It would depend uh, what they would do in the off season, but I would say <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. There, we're not. Well, it that's, depends because there. Are also, this year there's the expanded playoffs. Now we have 16 teams making it, which I think is way too many. I don't like it personally. Uh, I there's think that's. No, I've no, always no, thought you no, could no, add a little more in playoffs. It's in, in in baseball. You, what have they? We've had we've had, what we went from four to five make it now. You know, you could give me six each. And now we have eight in each. Count. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean the Mets still might miss miss it. Uh, of course, but you know, regardless. I mean, if the Mets make it to the seventh or eighth, I'm like, the fuck, we don't deserve to be in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. my my big. I mean, obviously, as a Yankees fan, I, this is going to be my biggest issue. But there's no advantage to winning your division or even being the number one overall seed. You get you get all three games at your home park in a stadium with no fans. It how there isn't some type of buy or I would rather. Seven or eighteen teams make it, and you give the number one seed a bye, and have the the bottom two teams play. Yeah, that's what it should be. Playoffs to give the number one seed literally no advantage. You know, if it was a normal season, there was fans in the stands. Okay, I can maybe understand the three all three games at your home park, but there's nothing there. I mean, the, the Yankees so much of Yankee stadium and the home field advantage is the fans You're That place is packed every night. It's the loudest venue I've ever been to. in, in my sports attending life is Yankee stadium in the in, in October. So to me that and we've, we've had countless attempt uh, accounts of players saying, yeah, it's straight up intimidating. And the Astros said it, you know, if we had to play four games into 2017 in Yankee stadium, we wouldn't have been able to win that series. You know, so it's clearly something that has a major effect on opposing players. I mean, look and at Pedro. Just, yeah, Pedro is mean, one of the
0: most dominant pitchers ever, and he couldn't handle the Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many stories about it, and it's just you know, it's not. I'm just using the Yankees as an example, because so that's what I know. But there's so many stadiums that that qualifies as you know home field. Every stadium's louder in the in the playoffs. I mean, look at the Nationals. That was like a goddamn, uh, you know, in synchronized swimming dance last year they, the whole thing with the baby shark coming on it was they had it going out oh, yeah. those, those fans yeah. you know they they created an atmosphere there
2: baby
1: shark do do so oh, there's
2: yeah, no yeah, room for I that just, here
1: Sully. to, <laughs> to me it's, it's tough i said I there's no room kids. for I know that this
2: song it's a big it's a big uh, deal
0: um and we gotta obviously touch on our man lou williams <laughs> leaving the bubble and oh, going Lewis. to a strip club Whoa, in Atlanta Lewis. to eat hot wings, which, I mean, I saw a picture on Twitter of the wings that are served at this establishment and they look pretty fucking good. So I kind of understand if you did go there for the wings, but also like, come on, man, you're going out with this guy, Jack Harlow, who's supposed to get on his story. Like you think he'd at least have the common sense to be like, Hey, you know what? Don't put me on your social media. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, both of them. Like, what? Who is idiot? Jack Marlowe? He's a rapper. He rapper. Is he irrelevant?
0: No, he just came. I mean, he's
2: kind of irrelevant, but
1: yeah, he also a, white, just had a song He's with a white like, rapper not Lil named Eminem, shit. so yeah. yeah, he can't be uh, incredibly. So irrelevant.
2: yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's just, I mean, you had a family issue. Well, we'll take him at it that he had a family issue. I'm sure he did. Um, probably he's just wanted grandpa. to get food. No, his grandpa died.
1: His grandpa oh, okay,
2: died. well. Sorry to that R.I.P. Um, Yeah, I don't want to question him on that. But originally I did question him on that because the optics look so bad. Strip Club said it was family thing. It just is a bad optic. And now that we're getting more information, sounds like he just wanted to get some wings. The guy hit him up. They went out to get wings. I mean, this can all be solved with, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't Uber Eats. Maybe they don't do contactless delivery. I'm sure they would have to do something like that. And if not, just fucking get wings somewhere else and have them drop it off to you. Yeah. and just yeah, I mean, you can't be in a public space with a, a pub a public place in a strip club with a famous person and being thrown on social media and then the the rapper's like, Oh yeah, he just I missed him, uh yeah, uh, yeah, he was just yes. reminiscent of old times. And it's and his mask said something about Corona on it. Clearly
1: it's not it, old times. It was the uh it was the official mask that players were given in the bubble. So it was clearly a current picture.
2: This guy Harlow sounds like <laughs> a real, you know, chip off the old block. Uh, I mean, Jesus. I yeah. I, it, I mean it's just the like the lying and the deceit about it. It's just I mean, dude, you're in the wrong and I
1: mean, he got ten days in quarantine. I didn't think that was enough. I don't know. It's also selfish, like that. That rapper's got nothing to lose, you know. Nothing. None of this affects him. Like, so what? Yeah, He's at it is thing. definitely selfish of him, and it's it's still selfish of Lou. Oh, totally. Because also, because Lou put people at risk. You think if if I'm if I'm a, a Grubhub or a Uber Eats driver in in Atlanta, you think there's a group of them that just sit there and wait for people to order from Magic City? like yeah i got it i'll I'll take that one i'll I'll go i will go to magic city and go to the strip club and pick up your food make sure you order a lot of it so it takes a while to get done yeah i'll I'll go early make sure i'm not late as soon as it's ready i'll leave is it the top is it a top tier club yeah i mean it's like i would say it's the most famous strip club in atlanta for sure really arguably the country wow it's very well-known. I mean, I'm sure there's ones in Vegas. I'm not sure. I'm not, like, I don't know I mean, the names I'm, I'm... off the top of my head. But Magic City is is known. There's an, another one in Tampa because Tampa's like, the strip club capital of the, the country. But uh, Magic City is very prominent, you know, one of the most famous, if not the most famous strip club in the country.
2: Interesting. I didn't know. I wouldn't know. I'm not a...
1: Yeah. Not about I've that life, I guess. Been. I've driven by it, but I've never been. <laughs>
0: Um, then one last thing before we get off the UFC announced today, uh, Khabib is fighting Justin Gaethje to unify the interim and undisputed lightweight, uh, championship on October 24th. First big, uh, fall fight announcement. Um, uh, we have another title fight in September, but this is big, big, big. This is probably going to be the biggest fight of the year. Um, you got Khabib obviously 28 now, uh, probably the best fighter that's ever done it. Um, his dad did just die, uh, last week or two weeks ago. Died So from obviously, hours? yeah, uh, complications involving That's it. Awesome. Yeah, That's yeah, it, it it's tough. I feel bad for the guy. Obviously, his dad was his um was trainer say, for like his whole they, they were super life. So
1: close, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, his dad was his coach, his trainer. I mean, his dad has trained some of the best wrestlers in the world. So a huge loss for like the whole fighting community. Um, yeah. You know, you saw a bunch of people. Pretty much every fighter, um, sending some well wishes um, Khabib's way. Was his and, dad
1: famous before him? For, yes. for oh yeah,
0: his dad training. had been yeah. His dad has been training, and now we're seeing all these fighters coming out of that area and who have trained with him, just being powerhouses. I mean, there's a guy right now. Um, I can't say his first name, but Chimeev, who fought on. You um, he fought two weeks ago. one. Yeah fought. Saturday and one, and in those two fights, he outlanded those uh, opponents, 192 to two. Uh, one of the fights, he didn't get hit so once on this Saturday, and he's fighting on August fifteenth again. Dana White's gonna get him another fight.
1: Yeah, so you this guy is gonna hate. fight. I mean, it's like yeah. basically like you know, okay, I went to the weight room and lifted some weights, and I'm good to go the next day. You know, it's basically yeah. what he did. So
0: he now has the. Um, like close, smallest window um, between wins in history. I was and gonna say what's gonna like that record. Yeah, I 15. saw that
2: guy's a
1: nut. That guy's.
0: It was 11 so... days, and he did it in 10 days. So, uh, I what, mean, how
1: many days in between the next one? In between the uh, one. It he... won't
0: be until August 15th. So it'll be about 20 something days, 20, 22 days maybe. Okay. So he'll okay. fight three times. He'll fight three times in like a 40 day period. W- will that be a
1: record? Most yeah, I believe so. Yes, great, great wins in in that however many days.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that would definitely be right because I know those guys who probably fought in that, but I don't think there's anyone who's won three fights over that time span.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. insane. That's my touch. So, I mean,
0: yeah, those guys are just a, a whole another breed. Those, those Russian, you know, um Western or Eastern European guys are just fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, but then I mean. Khabib Dang. has no cakewalk in front of him either. I mean, Justin Gaethje is like is a force. This guy throws bombs. He's a uh, he was a Division One wrestler, All American. I mean, he he's a top notch wrestler. So he's not going to be a guy that Khabib can just go ragdoll and throw around like he does these other guys. His takedown defense is on point. He keeps people at a distance because he's got these crazy leg kicks that have just pretty much incapacitated every opponent he's had. So I mean, it's gonna. That's probably. Get, this is gonna be Khabib's toughest test until this point, and he's probably one of two or three guys that stand a real chance at beating him.
1: Is that the path now for for Division One wrestlers? You know, 20 years ago, you know, great, you're awesome Division One college wrestler. You got your school paid for. Now, welcome to the real world. Is that now a legitimate path for the top college wrestlers? Is that what they yeah. pursue? Is that they're considered their professional league? Or do other they I pursue? Mean, is there something else they can pursue? I mean, fighting
0: professional wrestling. But yeah, no. I mean, there's there. This is it. I mean, you see a bunch of guys. I mean, obviously you had back in the day you had Brock Lesnar who did the WWE and then came over. You have John Jones was a collegiate wrestler. You have Justin Gaethje. You have uh, Chad Mendez was a a uh, collegiate wrestler. You have all these guys who were collegiate wrestlers now come out and now Kamara Usman the. Uh, welterweight champ he was a collegiate wrestler in nebraska you had um ben Askren, who came over and i mean his ufc run wasn't the best he went one and two and then he's retired now but before that i mean he was a champion in other organizations um wrestler i mean there's a lot of really top notch wrestlers who come over and work on some striking and then just
1: where do you where do you i've always i've always wondered really didn't understand how this happened but where do you start in the UFC. Like I know you there's the Bellator which is kind of like the under it's the less popular one, right? People go from yeah, Bellator but to Yeah, it's also
0: I mean it's it's Bell I mean they're definitely not on the UFC's level, but it's the closest thing. There's there's Bellator which is is Strike Force. fighters uh no, UFC bought Strike Force and oh. that's not a organization anymore. So they bought the WEC and um Strike Force and pride which were pride was kickboxing and then i mean right now it's ufc bellator and then one championship which is in japan and one championship has probably the second best fighters from the ufc and then bellator is right there too i mean there's guys usually bellator will pay more so the uf people will after their time with the ufc will go to one of those other organizations Rather than working their way from there to the UFC, you don't see many people. So Bellator's turned into
1: it's turned into kind of like the MLS for European soccer players. They come and get that yeah. one last pay, payday and, yep. and still can seem competitive. So I'm coming yeah. out of college. I'm 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 the best college wrestler in the country. I have never had a UFC fight or I've never had a, a MMA fight in my life. What what's my route to the UFC? Do I where these? Do obviously I got to fight someone somewhere first you know obviously you're doing training and whatnot with you you connect with a guy that is going to train you to be an mma fighter for you know further your training from wrestling but Mm who are you who are you going after who do you contact what league are you contacting what who are you going to to get these fights against these other amateurs or these other lower pros like where does that begin where's that road begin you know because ufc is basically like it's not much different from wwe in terms of a uh, the business model, it's you, you, they contact the fighters are technically independent contractors. Right. And they, right. Yeah. they sign
0: contracts, And then I mean, for a certain amount of fights, UFC, right. So they basically, you fight in some amateur organization, either locally, wherever you are, um, depending on what gym you're at. You know, if you're one of these guys that like an American top team in Florida or the American kickboxing Academy in California, or, you know, you're training at one of these big gyms, they, um, I mean, there's local circuits you can fight on. And then from there, once you decide to go pro, I mean, there's the uh, professional fighting league, which just started last year, which is new. There's also, they have the Dana White uh, Tuesday night contender series. So they will scout um, people in like these, either who are amateurs and are looking to go pro or um, pro fighters who have, you know, a few fights in some smaller organizations. And then they'll get to go fight on this Dana White contender series show and then from there, the UFC will offer them contracts if they feel like they deserve it. So, oh, okay. like, one of the guy, one of the big 135-pounders right now, this guy, is Sean O'Malley, he's, like, 24. He was a Dana White Contender Series guy in the second season of it, I believe. And, you know, he crazy knockout on that show, so they offer him a contract. He's come in. He's beat everybody he's fought since. I think he's won six, seven in a row. Um, another guy who's fighting three times in the last three months. So, you know,
1: they look for guys like that. There's a path to it. I was going to say, so the the path doesn't sound much different than boxing. It's really about what gym you can get into at first, and then they kind of rep you and put you in front of the right people and talk and connect you with the right people. So I guess it's in that sense, it's similar. But boxing, you remain an independent entity your whole career. Whereas UFC, once you get to the pros, you're kind of owned by them and you, you fight under a contract rather than you, you're just agreeing yeah. two promoters to put on a fight.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, like you, they, the promotion basically owns you. And, I mean, you don't have to fight. They have to offer you one fight a year, I believe. The UFC, that's their end of it. They have to offer you at least one fight a year. Um, Do they
1: guarantee a salary or is it all we're going to give you so a when fight you and sign, this is how much you get if you win and this is how much uh, you get yeah, if you so lose? Yeah, so they get a
0: win show. Um. So they get money to show, money to win. Um, there's the performance bonuses on every card, you know, for submission, knockout of the night, uh, and fight of the night. But then they, yeah, they have a guarantee when they sign their contract that they will get, you know, twenty thousand to show, twenty thousand to win, whatever it is. Uh, and then you have guys who get a piece of the pay per view, um, negotiated yeah, into big, things uh, like, like, like Connor. And, Connor yeah. probably gets twelve percent of a pay per view he's on. You know Jorge Masvidal just fought and he got a percentage of the pay-per-view. We don't know how much it is, but ended up doing 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. If he sees 5% of that, you know, he just made 7-8 million on that. So, it's yeah. It, it's it's a big deal once you once you become a name and you can prove you're a draw, but not I mean there's probably a handful of guys who get pay-per-view
1: points. And that's where the showmanship comes in. Right.
0: Right, exactly. So I mean, there's definitely a path to get there. And these wrestlers now, they come in, they learn some striking, and they've already got that great wrestling game. They learn a little kickboxing, and they learn some muay thai. They learn some taekwondo. They learn anything, and it's like, okay, now this guy's a real threat on the feet, and he always has that wrestling to fall back on. So yeah, there's definitely a path for these wrestlers. And I think they're guys like this, guys like Gaethje, guys like John Jones, they're Daniel Cormier. They show that you know, a wrestler with some striking can really make a statement in this organization makes sense yeah but no it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a good uh good next couple months for fights they've got some big fights lined up so we'll definitely look forward to those but that is uh gonna do it for the episode this week um next week we'll have you know some hockey to talk about some real basketball games to talk about i'm sure there'll be some more news coming from football whether it's good or bad and the same from baseball so we'll get to that then until then go uh rate and subscribe to the podcast uh follow us on social media and go to bleacherpan.com and check out the store go check out all the great merch that we have in there uh emily got her podcast t-shirt her bleacher banter t-shirt with all of our names all on right. it there loved it she came into the house wearing it yesterday i was pumped to see that so uh, yeah tons of great merch on there go get it support us so we can keep doing this and uh we will see you next week